successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Brill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on KMBZ 980 AM. As well as uh, appreciate you listening today on iTunes via podcast and at GrillNationShow.com where you can find... Photos of my guest, information about our show sponsors, as well as ways to connect with me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Appreciate you joining us again today. Hope you're having a good start to your uh, spring, I guess, in Kansas City and a good start to your month of May. Before we get to our awesome guest today, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Uh, title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West, Two West Companies and Ryan Rink. Guest contributors and on-air co-hosts to the Grill Nation show include Ryan Maybe from the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Co. and One Light Luxury Apartments. You can find more information about our partners and supporters at GrillNationShow.com. On today's show, we are going to have a great guest who will be joining me here in one second. Uh, Mike Shannon, who's the host of uh, Ruckus on KCPT. Also a, a longtime broadcaster both on radio and television and uh, uh, journalist icon here in Kansas City who actually uh, uh, we met many years ago when I was a state legislator and back in the day they had a um, interview segment for the cable stations uh, where we tape a segment at the uh, Truman Library and and Mike will share a story about that day here in a second but uh, we met a long time ago and since then I've been lucky enough to have been a uh, guest panelist on uh, Ruckus on KCPT a PBS station here in Kansas City and I thought it'd be cool to have Mike come on the show today to tell us about his background, share some stories about some exciting things, some people he's met, talk about his show, and actually learn more about Mike since he's always uh, behind the microphone or behind the camera interviewing people and panelists. So welcome to the show, Mike Shannon. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much for the invitation. Look forward to being grilled. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We know we do still have an on the grill segment. I haven't told JP about that where we'd play some sizzling music and I'd ask tough questions, but we've kind of we've kind of got rid of that. It's great to have you. Uh, Mike, so uh, we met years ago when you used to host that. Tell us what you did there at the Truman Library. Well, it was a series called The Newsmakers, mm-hmm. and it was uh, sponsored by Comcast and then Time Warner Cable, and they were five-minute episodes. And I interviewed a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life, a lot of state legislators from Missouri and Kansas, and you were a Missouri yes. state rep at that time. And I don't recall saying this, but you told me a story that when <laughs> I met you, I said, well, I know you're a Democrat, but you dress like a Republican. You look like I one. like that. Yes, yeah. yes, you did like that. And, and I, you still do, by I have the way. that video still. It's from 2004, I believe. So it's been a while, but it's painful. funny, to look, it's funny it would, to look back on. It would be painful to watch, I think. I'm going to have to rewatch it after the show just to see the issues we were talking about back then. I'm assuming some of them might be uh, similar still in Missouri and Kansas still, politics. Still but. unresolved. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, tell us about your background. I know you grew up in uh, St. Joe. Is that right? I grew up in St. Joseph, was born there, and uh, 
was always interested in broadcasting for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, and just before my senior year in high school, I went to a co-owned radio and TV station in St. Joseph. At that time, the same owner could own a TV station, radio station in the same market. Locally owned? No, it no, wasn't. Nationally. It, it was a corporation, not local. And uh, walked in and asked for a job as a disc jockey on the radio station. And the program director came out, met me, and said, well, let me give you an audition. And he sat me in a recording studio, not unlike this one, and uh, had an engineer turn on a tape. And he said, here, read this script. And he gave me a script that had classical musical names and classical composers. (laughs) I had no idea how to pronounce most of the names. And when I finished, he said, well, I will give you this you did keep reading, whether you knew what you were saying or not. <laughs> right. I think you might have a, an opportunity down the road to be on the air, but right now uh, you don't have enough experience. But I do have a job that needs to be filled, and it's the floor director of the TV station, Okay, which can be a very good job, I think, in big stations. But at that time in St. Joseph, it was a minimum wage dollar an hour, and you moved props, gave time cues, and ran the teleprompter. And a fortuitous incident in my life occurred after I was there a couple of weeks. Fred Broski, you know that mm-hmm. name? Yeah. Fred's very, very familiar time, in Kansas yeah, City. At that time, he was uh, uh, an announcer just beginning his career in St. Joseph, and he hosted a thing called Cousin Freddy's Funhouse, <laughs> which was a kid's show, and he showed cartoons and, and then talked for a brief time between cartoons. And I'd just been there a couple of weeks, and... Uh, uh, he was in the middle of a cartoon, and the director of the program yelled through the intercom and said, Fred, we're having trouble with the film chain. You're going to have to talk longer. You may have to fill 20 minutes. <laughs> well, that's an impossible task, yeah. as you can imagine, uh, unprepared, and, and what, he, what is he going to talk about? And he looked over at me. He said, hey, kid, don't you want to be on the TV? I said, no, actually, I wanted to be on radio. He said, get in here. And <laughs> uh, he said, we're going to call you Bolivar. And and so he and I bantered probably for 15, 20 minutes, played checkers, as I recall, and, and then the segment ended and went to the cartoons again. And uh, after we broke uh, later in the afternoon for dinner, came back to the station to get ready for the evening news, weather and sports, and Fred said, you know, my wife was watching this afternoon, and she kind of likes me talking to somebody once in a while, so... You can come in periodically. And I started being a regular on the program, and then when he left with the guy who succeeded him, and I I didn't realize how television was so important in that era. We're talking about 1960, 61. It was fairly new, Mm -hmm. and uh, northwest Missouri could only get one signal, and that was Channel 2 in St. Joseph. Right. And in high school, I was a senior, and all my classmates were telling me that their little brothers and sisters – we're watching the show, and they say, I know that guy, and I'd have to sign autographs for them to say, go. And it was quite an experience. So you were quite, in high school. Quite a, yeah, I was a senior in high school. It was quite wow. an introduction to broadcasting. And so after that, you uh, went to college? Or well, what? I got on the radio station there, and uh, finally, and uh, did some work in radio. Yes, I went to the community college in St. Joseph, and, and then graduated from Northwest Missouri State University okay, in I Murrayville. I didn't know that about you. Uh, yeah, the Bearcats. A, a lot B, of friends of mine went there. BS in education, appropriately. Yes. Uh, <laughs> BS in education with a major in social science, minor in political science. Later, uh, I went through Park University in Parkville and got a degree in public administration. Okay. Uh, but after college, after Maryville, I was drafted 
right. at the that. height of the Vietnam War, and so I was away for a couple of years. Then you came back to Kansas City after that? I, I was assigned, as a matter or of fact. You actually fact, came to Kansas City. I was City. assigned, uh, yeah, I, uh, my father in St. Joseph became seriously ill, and I was in Vietnam, and I was sent back on an emergency leave. Mm-hmm. And then because uh, the recovery was going to be a long time, and there, my mother was deceased, and I had no siblings, and I was about the only person who could provide any kind of care for my father. So I received what's called a compassionate reassignment mm-hmm. to Kansas City. I commuted daily from St. Joe to Kansas City and back, and I was at the Army Hometown News Center. How, how old were you at this time? Do you remember? At that time, yeah, I was, uh, I was drafted at 25, the last possible moment they could get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, draft for people ended at 26. And I was between, I was 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you ended up staying here. We'll get more into that after the break. We're talking to Mike Shannon, who's the host of KCPT's Ruckus PBS station here in Kansas City. Uh, more information at kcpt.org. Uh, Mike is also under the world Twitter. You can follow him at Mike Shannon uh, on Twitter as well, also on Facebook. You're listening to Grill Nation. Show will be back with Mike Shannon here after the break. Thanks for joining us again today on KMBZ 980 AM. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks again for joining us on KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We're talking to Mike Shannon, who's the host of Ruckus on KCPT and a longtime radio and TV broadcaster here in the Kansas City area. Mike, you were telling us about Vietnam and coming back and, uh, you, you made a home for yourself here in uh, Kansas City. Tell us, tell us kind of about that transgression and how you uh, ended up uh, getting back involved in broadcasting. All right. I, uh, I spent maybe eight or nine months at the Army Hometown News Center in Kansas City, and I met my future wife at that location. She was a civilian employee of the Army, and we met there. And uh, so when I finished my time in the Army, uh, well, actually back up during the last few months of my time, at the Army News Center, I had a weekend job at one of the local radio stations, and then I was hired full-time after I left the Army in March of 1970 and spent a year or two at that job. Before I went back to St. Joseph, uh, my father had improved and uh, his condition had worsened. I went back there and uh, until his passing and worked in broadcasting there for a while and then came back to Kansas City in late 1972. Mm-hmm. And you uh, settled in KCK, is that right? Or did you? Well, not a re- I, I came to work for a radio station. I always think of Mike I, as a yeah, KCK guy, I, but he's I, not. <laughs> I know. I, I went to work in late 1972 as a news reporter for a radio station that was located in and licensed to Kansas City, Kansas. Hmm. And uh, the news department there was focused on a lot of KCK news. And I lived in Shawnee for the first part of my experience there. And uh, over the time that I spent in news in uh, Kansas City, Kansas, at this radio station, I got real involved and interested in what was going on locally. And I thought KCK got rather a bad break from the local media. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the people in government there used to complain about all the news reporters 
who would do critical stories about the city but lived elsewhere, mm-hmm. lived in Johnson County or in Kansas City, Missouri. We kind of have that problem still today with well, a lot of yeah. people in KCMO that are uh, living in Parkville Ex- yeah, or exactly. Jeffco. Or- and uh, so when uh, after I got married, uh, my wife and I decided to move to Kansas City, Kansas, and we had an apartment there for a while and then bought a home mm-hmm. and have been there for ever uh, since several decades, I think. Yeah. So did you? Uh, how'd you get involved in the? the um, the political current event side of broadcasting, because I, you mentioned you were a disc jockey. You did the cartoon thing when you were in high school. How'd you, how'd you get it? How'd you break well, in? How'd I, you um, break in into the current events my, political? My, my, in college, uh, I got quite interested in politics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I was at Northwest Missouri State, I took a lot of courses in political science. And, uh, most of the professors were liberal. And uh, the 1964 Barry Goldwater campaign had energized me and my interest in Mm -hmm. conservatism. So I would spend much time in class debating with the professors. Uh, And it was uh, as a result of that that I got so interested in politics. And then doing news, of course, that's Mm -hmm. a related area. Mm -hmm. And so my interest in politics grew as I worked as a news reporter and later as the news director of a couple of stations here. You did that, okay. So yeah. tell us about that. What was the difference between a news reporter and a news director? Well, the news director is like a management official who's in mm-hmm. charge of the department who hires and fires the reporters and uh, either assigns them or has someone who does assign them on behalf of what the news director asks them to do. Uh, the news director is responsible for the sound of the news and the content of the news. And, you know, one of the things I found, you have to be very careful about some reporters who will have a political point of view and try to incorporate it into the news story. And believe it or not, I worked hard at avoiding that for myself and for people who worked under my jurisdiction because a newscast on radio, at least at that time, was not a place for the reporters' political views. Did that exist back then, heavily, like it does today? Not nearly as much then as it does now. I mean, you you have that whole line of if it's, are somebody, somebody a journalist or an entertainment Show. Difficult you know, to like know. You, you yeah. see that on on the, the nightly shows on CNN, Fox News, whatever. MSNBC. They watch cable. Yeah, it's like two different worlds. Uh, in fact, we did a segment on Ruckus one week that you know if you watched MB, uh, MSNBC, yeah, regularly and or watch Fox News regularly, you'd have two diverse points of view about what's going on in Washington and in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just I, amazing. I flip back and forth sometimes to see that you know. Uh, CNN's talking about uh, something with with the Russian investigation. Then I turn on Fox News and they're talking about people jumping across the border. I mean, it's completely different. I yeah, I, you know, there was a time when an anchor was thought to be absolutely bipartisan in terms of approach. Mm-hmm. Walter Cronkite was a great liberal, uh, as he revealed when he got out of journalism on television and left CBS. But he wrote a column where he acknowledged his views were liberal. But he tried very hard, as far as I know, to keep political partisan views out of the newscast and out of news at CBS during his tenure there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll ever see that come back on a, on a big scale, or if it's now we're just the the biscuits are cooked that it's a partisan world, and you know we're never going to get back to those journalists. Yeah, I, are- I I don't see it happening anytime soon, mm-hmm. Jason. I you know as much as I think it might be valuable, you know. It used to be you could go to a couple of major newspapers in this country and say, okay, here are the facts. Mm-hmm. And then you decide, eh, those are, I don't like that approach or I disagree with the Democratic guy or the Republican guy. Now, even those papers 
their front pages are partisan, and you don't know what to believe. You don't know what the facts are. Mm-hmm. You uh, mentioned your news director career, news reporting career. You also had a radio show for quite a while here uh, on Intercom Station. Yes. Right? And yeah. you uh, were on Drive Time, is that right? I, I was on, uh, well, I d- I've done other talk shows in the past on other stations. You may know the name Jerry Fogel. Mm-hmm. Jerry Fogel and I did uh, a long-running morning news and talk show uh, in Kansas City. And then at uh, Intercom on KMBZ, AM first and then both, uh, which is now just FM, right. uh, Scott Parks and I did the afternoon program. I had been here, and Scott was here as a news director, and I had been here as a business news reporter initially. Okay. And did the morning business news on KMBZ and then a Sunday morning news talk and interview kind of program. And then uh, I think it was in late 2006, uh, there was a decision made for Scott and me to appear and do the afternoon show. Okay. And we did that for a period of five years. And that was a – And he's still there. That's more of a uh, – was more of a current event uh, political was show. It was news talk. Yeah, uh, a lot of politics. Which is interesting because you, you and Scott both are conservative people. Well, we are, but I uh, – he, he, le- he, he was less conservative than I. Uh, but the idea, cause I'm, I'm quite a bit older than Scott and, and one of the early ideas was here are a couple of guys who come from different generations. Mm-hmm. How do they view these things? You mm-hmm. know, what, what does Mike's generation think compared to what Scott's thinks and mm-hmm. that type of thing? So that's the thing with radio shows. You keep trying to reinvent yourself a little bit and see what works. Mm-hmm. Stations do that a lot, right? Right. Yep. They, they change from a, I mean, stations change from business show station to a sports station to a, uh, but some of them in Kansas City have stuck around for a while, but now it, now it seems to be moving more towards that entertainment slant, which is why it's great that you continue to focus on current events and news here in Kansas City on Ruckus. Well, Ruckus does offer that, and, and Kansas City Week in Review, which is another uh, news-oriented program there. And, uh, you know, there was a time I can recall when I was active in broadcasting uh, daily that I'd get invited to weekend shows on the TV stations, the mm-hmm. commercial stations. I think each of them did a weekend news and review kind of show or a program talking about top stories of the week. And I would stay pretty busy doing that as well as uh, ruckus once that began. But now I don't think any of the local television stations do much local coverage on the weekends of uh, of news stories news opinion they have newscasts there, but not, there's not, not there's not anymore and um for many years i thought about wouldn't it be cool if we get a show uh on, on a network but um you know a morning show like on the weekends like they have you know in dc and you're kind of like your show but um it just doesn't exist it just does not exist there's really nobody covering well maybe more so now with all the scandals that have been going on <laughs> in jeff city and in Topeka. <clears throat> But for a long time, I mean, I'd be down in Jeff City and, and nobody would know anything going on in the star wouldn't cover it. What was going on in local or state politics, at least probably more local was covered. But the state just seemed to be on its own island in, in yeah, Jeff City. Well, back when I was a news director of a couple of radio stations in Kansas City and first got involved, almost all of the radio stations in Kansas City had a news department mm-hmm. of sometimes three Four or five, you know, some of them were larger, but they all made an attempt at local news. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, only I think KMBZ, uh, perhaps only Bill Grady, KMBZ, they got some reporters does to go out there. Serious news reporting. Uh, many of the other radio stations have abandoned it entirely. Mm-hmm. Mike Shannon is our guest today on Grill Nation. Mike, um, before we go into the break here, 
Kind of tell us about Ruckus and that journey, because you did that um, at the same time you were on the radio. Yeah, uh, that began in 1995. And uh, What was the idea behind that, and uh, how did that come uh, about? A guy by the name of Bill Reed came to Kansas City to be the CEO or general manager of, of Channel 19, and I interviewed him on a talk show. And among the things he was talking about was his desire to enhance and, and do more local programming. And he had two ideas in mind. He wanted to do a local parallel of Washington Week in Review on PBS, hence Kansas City Week in Review, and uh, and wanted to do a local version of the McLaughlin Group, which mm. you may remember was <laughs> yes. a long-running program on PBS up until the time John McLaughlin died, yeah. and uh, nobody took it over after that. And so Week in Review was first in uh, – 92, I believe, and I was a weekly panelist on that for three or four years. And in 95, we kicked off records. Who was the host of that show back then? John Masterman. Okay. Who had been with NBC in New York uh, and then came to Kansas City, went, I think, to Channel 4 originally, and things didn't work out, so we ended up at the... KCPT. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll talk more about Ruckus. I want to talk about the evolution of the show and and how you've changed things and what its goals are. Uh, and then I want to get into some stories, Mike. You've had a chance to go to the White House many times, and also uh, have met some uh, influential politicians and Kansas City figureheads over the years. I'd like to get some uh, background information on that and learn more, and then also uh, kind of learn more about some of your favorite parts of Kansas City after the break. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. I appreciate you joining us today on KMBZ 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. When it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Appreciate you joining us again today. Hope you're having a great day. I'm your host, Jason Grill, here on 980 AM. Appreciate you listening as well today via podcast on iTunes. Again, you connect with me on social media. Just search for my name or on Twitter at Jason Grill. I've been having a really good time talking to our guest today, Mike Shannon, who's a uh, longtime broadcaster here in Kansas City, and he's currently the host of The Ruckus Show on KCPT PBS. And Mike, uh, you'd be shocked. Everywhere I go, uh, people people stop me and say, you know, we really enjoy that show and glad you're on that show. And, and a lot of these are Republicans. Well, you, and, do, and you, do, you do a great job when you're on it. And uh, I've always enjoyed your participation. And you're always ready. People watch you're the always, show. You, well, I know that. It's uh, got great the, ratings. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is people from diverse walks of life mm-hmm. watch the show. And I cannot tell you how many times over the past 20-some years that Ruckus has been on, I've gone into a restaurant or some public place, and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, are you here to start a ruckus? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I, I was I did a trolley run this week. I had two people mention it there. I was at a funeral. Somebody mentioned it there. I had grocery. People people really like this show, and you've been doing it for over how I've many I've done years? all of the show. I mean, I've been on every ruckus show except three since it began in 1995. Wow. Now, it was off for two and a half years one time uh, due to some financial problems of a previous administration at the, the TV station back after uh, 9-11, mm-hmm. but it came back on and has been running the second for the second block for uh, and it stayed, it stayed years. pretty true to its uh, it, what it's trying to accomplish in its goals, right? Like yeah, the idea is like diverse points of view on the same program, uh, you know, 
slightly heated discussion without bitterness and anger and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So for a while you had on the same guest, correct? Yeah. You had reoccurring panelists, reporters, uh, not not all reporters. You know, that's weekend reviews thing, but. You had um, different thought leaders throughout Kansas City. And then mm-hmm. I think, I, I couldn't believe it's been this long, but in 2014, you changed it up. Yeah. You changed it up to have guest panelists. It, yeah, the idea from the management of the station was we need more diversity on the panel. Mm-hmm. And that had been talked about periodically up until then, uh, maybe replacing one panelist each week. So the problem, is, is, as I think you'll realize, is that so many of the stories or the same week after week, but there's some slight evolution in the story or change. They're important to cover, but mm-hmm. when you're interviewing or talking to the same four people, their views aren't going to change from week to week. And so the idea of having a more diverse panel that changes every week, you can cover many of the same stories repeatedly that are important to Kansas City and don't change that much and get different points of view. And at first, you know, people have met it with, who are these new people, and we yeah. like the old people, but now I feel like it's it, well, it's pretty standard. I think it's been accepted, it. and one of the other changes was there is a brief interview at the beginning of the program mm-hmm. that may relate to a news story that will be talked about later or may not, and uh, originally there were, were complaints about that that I heard, but now instead I have people saying, yeah, I kind of enjoy that because I hear about stuff I had no idea was going on or I got a little more insight into one of the, the issues that we talk about. Did you always Have you always had three topics or was it more than that? It used to be four before, before the, the five or six-minute interview at the beginning of the program. Okay. And uh, that's with the newsmaker here in Kansas City. The show airs uh, on Thursdays at Th- 7? Thursday evenings at 7. It runs again on now on Saturday morning at like 12.30. Okay. And then... Sunday morning at 11.30. Okay. It's so been on Sunday for a long time. We get time. three shots now. Three shots. Maybe uh, that's why people are stopping me. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know some time back when they started running it in the early morning hours. I had no idea that that was being done. People and, come back from the bars uh, some, and turn on ruckus. Some guy came up to me and said, I saw you at midnight. And I said, no, no, you didn't see me at midnight. He goes, yeah, I did. You're on ruckus. I said, well, no, you know, it's not on at midnight. And, and he, sure he insisted, was. and he was right. Yeah, it was on at midnight. So you guys, uh, you do a really good job with the guests, too, with keeping everyone prepared. And, you know, having to pick out the topics every week isn't easy. It's not easy. And, and, and with a diverse, changing panel, trying to use stories that are appropriate but will be things that that particular group would be interested in mm-hmm. you know not it's not like we have news people there who cover everything we have people from different walks of life mm-hmm. and uh, not everyone sits around covering the news every day and reading every story that's available that's why we send packets of information to each of the mm-hmm. panelists so they have background information but yeah it is it is a bit of a chore to get well, it's the good. right topics for the right panel. Well, it's good because guys like me maybe don't know as much about uh, what's going on in Topeka because I'm not right, there, right. And, and I'll read a bunch of articles yeah. about the school finance issue that keeps coming up or Brownback and the tax cuts over the years. Um, but it, it's, it's a really good show, and I urge you guys to check it out. It's also available online very instantly after it airs. Yeah. Uh, it's on a YouTube channel, KCBT's YouTube channel. It's uh, it's great, and just the the fact that you've been doing it for so long um, shows that it's still exciting. And I know you get good ratings as well. One of the highest ranked shows on that on that uh, on PBS these days. So I hope so. Kudos to that. Uh, Mike Shannon is our guest.
Uh, Mike, throughout the years, you've had the chance to uh, do some pretty cool things in, in news making and, or excuse me, news reporting and news directing. Uh, those include trips to the White House. Tell us about some of those. Well, I know you've, you've been there a few times. Three times, and that was during the Reagan administration. There's a, was then, I suppose there is now, uh, an effort to bring people in from media who don't live and work in Washington. It is, and yeah. Out of town media day, and I was the news director of a radio station and a talk show host at that station. And so I got invited and I went on three separate occasions. You go to the old executive office building first. That's where I interned at. That's oh, is where that I right? Oh, the yeah. fifth floor. Yeah. I was in an attic up there. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful building that nobody thinks about. And they would bring out the, the major people in the administration to brief you on key topics like Colin Powell was one of them that I saw. And then after the morning briefings, you go across the, the yard or the lawn there to the White House mm-hmm. and go into, uh, I think it's the West, West dining room or. Yeah, it's right uh, there. It's state back. room, whatever yeah. it is. And, and tables are set up and, and they're like maybe 60 journalists. And then the little quartet starts playing hail to the chief and the president comes in and joins the people at one of the tables. And then we'd have lunch, and then the president would get up and conduct a news conference, and they bring the national media in for that, and the local media as well. And uh, they were fascinating experiences to see those people in person. David Gergen sat at the table with me. I had no idea who he was at the time. Sure. Uh, but he's on CNN now, yeah. I think, and has had a long Harvard, career. Uh, Harvard Kennedy yeah. School. And uh, I did make a, a tragic error one time. <laughs> the last time I was there, and this may explain why it was the last time, uh, I was seated at a table and saw a guy get up and go near the table where the president was seated and crouched down and took a couple of pictures. Well, now this was this before, is a reporter. Well, I didn't know who it was. Okay. And I assumed it was a guest at the dinner. Uh, now, this was before smartphones, and, and so if you wanted to take a picture, you had to have a little instant. An actual camera. A little picture, <laughs> yeah, a little camera, and I had one with me, so I thought, well, I'd like to get a picture of Reagan up close. And I got up and started toward his table, and two Secret Service men were on me immediately and mm-hmm. said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I just want to take a picture of the president. They said, you're not permitted to do that. And I said, well, that guy over there just did it. And they said, that is the official White House photographer. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. I guess I'll go back to my table. Yeah, right. And you learned your lesson there and never got back, huh? So you didn't go back for the well, Bush years? Well, the president let. No, I never after that. No. Interesting. Uh, I would have liked to see what the White House was like back then. It's changed so many times. You know, each president changes the, the look and the feel of the office. Uh, it's just whatnot. such an unreal experience, you know, to, Going in there. to say, oh, this is, you know, I'm here I am in the White House in the, the state dining room, whatever. And there's the president just, you know, six feet away from me. Yeah, right. What an interesting experience. And it's cool that they still do that uh, with local reporters. I know that uh, it's similar to what they do in Hollywood with uh, movies and, uh, you know, a junket where an, a, um, an actor sits in for interviews and reporters just spend five minutes with them. One and then the, they air that in the local station. Yeah, one of the great experiences that, that I've had because of the jobs I've had is to meet people mm-hmm. who are celebrities. And my favorite columnist and commentator uh, for years has been George Will. Mm-hmm. And I met Big him. Big baseball fan, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I, he wrote a book about baseball that was the best-selling sports book of I all time. I remember that, yeah. Uh, the Craft of Baseball, I think. Or the, I've forgotten the name. Something like The Craft of Work and Baseball. Anyway, I met him and interviewed him one time for an hour. And as we left the studio... Uh, Walking down the hallway, I said, uh, 
way you write columns for newspapers and magazines and you're on television and you write books, which is your favorite? And he said, well, I believe books because I think they are the least evanescent. Hmm. And he said, did you agree? And I said, well, yes, by all means, uh, books are the least evanescent. <laughs> and he left the building, and I went to a dictionary to find out <laughs> what in the world evanescent means. Yeah, right? What does it mean? <laughs> well, it means like drifting away or oh, misty sure. and disappearing, and uh, it was the right word. Mm-hmm. I acted like I understood it. But George Will, is, I've heard him do words that I had no idea what they were and would study them and, and try to make them part of my vocabulary. He became, he was a writer, obviously, and then he started doing a lot of TV contributing, right? great writer. He writes columns, I think, better than anyone else. And I... Got introduced to him just through through the uh, political talk shows on yeah. Sunday mornings. He was uh, back when uh, David Brinkley mm-hmm. moved to ABC, and they this week with David Brinkley, George Will was on that as a participant from the beginning. It became later uh, several different titles, and now is this George week with Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, crazy how things go. Mike, I want to, after the break, talk to you more about some of the maybe interesting people you've met that are – uh, political people I know that you've met a lot here in Kansas City over the years and maybe talk about some of the uh, most uh, exciting stories that have happened and then also talk about kind of what what's your life like outside of uh, broadcasting journalism um, and uh, what are some of your favorite places to go here in Kansas City. We're talking to Mike Shannon. He's on Twitter at Mike Shannon. Uh, he's getting more active on social media, which I like, Mike, with KCPT and Ruckus. Ruckus is available on kcpt.org. Check it out every week. Again, airs on Thursdays originally, then also on Saturdays and on Sundays. Uh, they discuss great topics here in Kansas City and, and the news of the day and the trends of the times, right, Mike? <laughs> that, that is it, right? That's, your, that's right. That's uh, your, that's news your... of the day and the trends of the times. <laughs> Mike Shannon is with us on a Grill Nation show today. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM KMBZ, as well as at grillnationshow.com and on iTunes via podcast. Here with Mike Shannon, host of Ruckus on KCPT, a longtime broadcaster here in Kansas City. It's been fascinating to learn more about Mike and his background and, and his uh, time in broadcasting. We have one segment left, Mike. You mentioned you uh, off-air, you've emceed events with people like Walter Cronkite. What was that like? Well, it was uh, probably what you would think would be a very difficult experience, and, and yet... I had prepared for it. It was the Truman Good Neighbor Award Foundation, and uh, Walter was the man of the year, the Good Neighbor Award. And um, Kay Barnes, who was his cousin, was -hmm. the mayor of Kansas City at that time. And as you may recall, Walter was born in St. Joseph. I was born in St. Joseph, so I had a chance to kid about that. And Walter was very gracious, laughed at the right times, and was very complimentary when when we finished the, the program. He was a great speaker, gave a great speech. It's one of the most memorable memorable experiences of my career. You've interviewed a lot of people I and been with a lot of politicians. Do you have an all-time favorite politician? Charles, you, Charles Wheeler. Charles Wheeler, okay. Yeah. Over the years, he's run for everything, hasn't he? Uh, I met him when I moved to Kansas City in, in late 1972. He was in the middle of his first term, and uh, he would say such funny things, and uh, I suppose he still does. A couple stories about... Charlie Wheeler that I uh, will tell people. Uh, he was asked at a news conference, 
are you going to run for a second term? And he I don't know. And they said, well, when will you make a decision? And he said, I'll make my decision at the first sign of spring. And the reporter said, well, Mr. Mayor, what do you consider to be the first sign of spring? And he said, well, as the former Jackson County coroner, I've always felt that when the ice breaks on the Missouri River and the first body floats downstream, springtime <laughs> has arrived. And the That's other one he, that I, I like that uh, he, he was a cigarette smoker when he was elected. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's a doctor and, and uh, an attorney. And there was during a period when there was a lot of anti-smoking commercials being run and anti-smoking campaigns. So he finally announced at a news conference that he was giving up cigarettes. And a few weeks later, uh, somebody said, how are you doing in your quest to give up smoking, Mr. Mayor? And he said, well, I'm doing pretty well. I've taken up chewing toothpicks as a substitute. And now my family and friends are deeply concerned that I'll contract Dutch elm disease. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how he yes, sounds. It's good to be with you. And for him saying those kind of things so unexpectedly, he's just got a great and he, sense yeah, of humor. He put his name on the ballot for governor a few years oh, ago. Know, in, yeah. his, in his 80s or 90s? He, he, he was 90. Uh, uh, I, I interviewed him on Ruckus as he was running for governor. And uh, he was wearing a baseball cap. And he said he had figured out how people could live beyond 100 years of age, and he was going to do it. I love it. I love it. Mike Shannon, you also mentioned Ronald Reagan. You, uh, you, you really like Ronald Reagan. You had an opportunity to meet him and Nancy at, also at the uh, Simi Valley. Uh, the Truman, at the Reagan, Reagan Library. Library out there outside of L.A. What was that experience like? Well, it was just fascinating. Uh, you I, got introduced by a friend of a friend to show up. and Yeah, and got a great tour of the library before it opened that day, and and. We were told that Nancy Reagan was going to be there and that uh, if we went downstairs with somebody from the library that she might say hello. And so when we went down there, we were waiting and we were just two of maybe four or five people. Other people were staff members. Mm -hmm. And in the door came Nancy and the president or former president at that time. And he just looked fit as he could be. And he was early 80s. And the people said, would you? come over and we'll introduce the people from Kansas City and we met and shook hands and, and you're like remember me Mr. President yeah, I was the right. one that tried to take a photo <laughs> of you <laughs> uh, how did he get in uh, and so they lined us up for a picture and before they snapped it the president said no wait a minute and he went over and took my wife by her shoulders and moved her to a different place in the lineup <laughs> and he said it's prettier that way and then we took the picture or they took the picture and uh, I couldn't wait to get them. <laughs> and a couple of weeks later, got a letter from the Reagan Library saying, Dear Mr. Shannon, uh, our professional photographer wasn't on duty that day, but we tried to take photographs, but they unfortunately didn't come out. So we can't send them to you, but the president will send you an autographed picture of himself. <laughs> and, and a few weeks later, we got this big photograph of Reagan uh, with a scrawled signature to the Shannons, nice Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's cool. You you try to get two photos with him at some points. It just never worked out for you. It just never <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. Mike, uh, as a person who's been in broadcasting for most of their career, uh, what what's your advice for people nowadays to get involved? I know when I'm at Ruckus uh, filming a segment or a show, I always see young people there. Uh, what, what do you have for advice as far as radio and TV and getting involved in that career? Uh, you know, I used to think the answer was to be versatile, and I tried to be able to do a bunch of different things, write reasonably well, read on the air reasonably well, interview reasonably well. 
I've, I think I've come to the conclusion that versatility is not that important. You've got to hone in on one area and get as good at that as you can possibly be. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think broadcasters are looking for versatile talent. They're looking for killer talent who can do one thing and do it as well as or better than virtually anyone else. Do that, but also, too, I would think when I was an intern over at, at, at CNN in D.C., I when you leave the internship and a lot of people become um, producers or video folks, and then now I've seen some of those people on air now. And mm-hmm. so they, they started, you know, as an intern, yeah. and then they they became a, well, you a blogger. Bec- you become and, a friend of the of the people there, you yeah. know, and you get special preference, I'm sure, if you're mm-hmm. known by the management and the staff, mm-hmm. and you apply for a job, and the manager asks somebody, "Did you was you were were you around when he was an intern? Did he do all right?" Is and you had, can see what the yeah. professional uh, broadcasters are doing every day, right? When you see Wolf Blitzer, you see you. I mean, you see people that have done this for years. You learn from them, even if you are getting them a cup of coffee. It's how I learned to do it. As I was saying, working up in St. Joseph at the TV station, I was around people who were actually doing television announcing and then also radio personality work. So, yeah, it has to rub off after a while. Mike Shannon is with us. A couple minutes left, Mike. So outside of broadcasting and interviewing people all the time, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Where do you like to go in Kansas City to – to dine, to have fun, to chill, to... I don't have fun. <laughs> I'm really fairly private. Uh, my wife and I go out to... Uh, you got to sign autographs everywhere you go, so oh, you yeah. stay at home. Uh, we go out to lunch or early dinners a lot. Uh, I, I like Nick and Jake's. I like uh, Gaslight Grill for the jazz music there. You've always been a fan of jazz. I have, you? and uh, a more casual dining are restaurants named Pega's. There are several of those oh, yeah. in Johnson County that I have come to like a lot. There's a place we found recently, Wallabies on 95th Street, that I like. I, I'm big on bar and grills. I think they're great. To Good go options to. there, right? Yeah. Um, Ruckus is going to keep continuing, I hope, for many years to come. You know, that's not my decision to make, <laughs> but I hope so. I, uh, I would assume it's going to continue. It is my desire to continue as long as I think I'm doing it reasonably well. You know, if I, I, I'm always troubled by people in broadcasting or other professions who stay too long. Mm-hmm. Who who go beyond their abilities, and uh, you know, if I ever feel like I can't handle it, I would I would stop doing it. But as long as I think I'm reasonably competent of doing the work that needs to be done, I'm likely to stay with it. And uh, real quickly, there's been some fights over the years at Ruckus. Oh yeah, there? back in the days of Rich Nadler, some people will remember Rich when he and Steve Glorioso and Steve Rose were among the regular panelists and. There was once that Nadler came out of his chair, and we didn't have a table then, came out of his chair toward Glorioso, and I had to jump in the middle to actually stop it. I love it. Uh, and back when the uh, Union Station vote was going on in preparation for that, Steve Rose was a co-chair of the Kansas Drive, and Nadler hated the idea of, of rehabbing Union Station. And Steve Rose said, Rich, I suppose you wouldn't care if the whole place crumbled in. And Nadler said, I'd love it, but only if you were inside. <laughs> Mike Shannon, KCPT Ruckus every week. We appreciate you coming on the Grill Nation Show, Mike. Hey, great pleasure. Thank you very much great for Great to have you. Congrats Mike. on all your success. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation. We'll see you next week.